I want you to stand and honor the man of God, Dwight Edwards, as he comes to minister the word this morning. Hallelujah. You may be seated. July 1st, 1961. God gave me the privilege of beginning a new life with a young lady named Mary Elizabeth Layton. Tomorrow would have been 58 years. October 1st, 1984, my precious wife was diagnosed with breast cancer. 1984. Very little consequence, they did some surgery. And for 21 years, she had absolutely no problem with it. 21 years. 2005, she found this lump. Doctor said, well, it's a recurrence. So the lump was removed and everything seemed to be okay. On her birthday, April 9th, 2008, John Madalena did a PET scan. He's right here in the room. And it showed this mass under her sternum. December 22nd, he did her last PET scan. That was in 2011. And there was nothing there. Now, remember this from 1984 till now 2011. Now there's nothing. Two years and two months ago, there was this little spattering of malignant tumors, lymph nodes. We thought, God, you did it before three times. You'll do it again. He, 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 he had to do it again. I mean, she loved that song. I know you'll do it again. For some reason, he didn't. 
So on May 10th, she breathed her last on this earth. And I've got something to say about that a little more in a moment. So I said, God, what is it that I need to do differently? How can I trust you? When we've prayed and people from several countries in the world have prayed consistently for Mary to be healed once more. And he said, she is. Not the way I wanted it. Not the way I believed for her. But no more struggles with breathing. No more struggles with her situation that she was trying to overcome since January. And I said, Lord, please give me stronger faith. So the title of this discourse, I'm not going to call it a sermon. It's a discourse. It's me talking to you. Is I still believe. John 6 verse 68 and 69, the Passion Translation. Peter spoke up and said, Lord, where would we go? No one but you gives us the revelation of eternal life. We're fully convinced that you are the anointed one, the son of the living God, and we believe in you. Father, I still believe. Nothing has shaken my faith in you. Not any of the disturbances of the past years has caused me to doubt that you know what's going on and you know how to remedy so many things. There's nothing impossible with you. I know that more as much or more now than ever. Nothing is even hard for you. Though we do not understand and cannot maybe see what the future holds, we do know that you are God and you are Lord of all and nothing goes beyond your notice. So we thank you for this day and for this opportunity to open our hearts to you and say, yes, Lord, I still believe. Amen. I still believe that Jesus never fails. Growing up, my mom had a little plaque that said that very thing, Jesus never fails. It's a small wooden plaque about 12 inches across and three inches high. And that's all it said, Jesus never fails. But that stayed in my mind because every time I'd walk into a particular room, there it was. A reminder. Sometimes we need to remind ourselves, Jesus does not fail. 
We fail. Other people fail. Systems fail. Governments fail. But not Jesus. I preached in the, in the square, the town square in Ochakov in Ukraine. Right in front of the statue of Lenin. And I preached just briefly, just a few minutes, because I was being watched. I'm serious. They were about to throw me out of the city. I didn't even take a Bible up there, but I quoted Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I said, we serve an unchanging God in a changing world. Everything around us changes, but Jesus never changes. Miracles happen today. I still believe that. I still believe that miracles happened while we were talking a while ago, while we were praying, while we were assembling here together, and Doris and others were healed and touched. I still believe that God answers prayer and that prayer does change things. Look at James chapter 5, verses 13 through 15 in LT. Are there any believers in your fellowship suffering great hardship and distress? Encourage them to pray. Are there happy, cheerful ones among you? Encourage them to sing out their praises. Are there any sick among you? Then ask the elders of the church to come and pray over the sick and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord, our Lord. And the prayer of faith will heal the sick. And the Lord will raise them up, and if they have committed sins, they will be forgiven. Somebody said, why did James say that? Because Jesus did. He said to the man, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And the Pharisees and Sadducees were looking around. Jesus said, I know what you're thinking. You're saying, how does the son of a man, how does, how does this man have power to forgive sins? He said, what's easier for me to say, take a miracle or be forgiven? Okay, get up and walk. He did both. If you need both, he can do both. If you've got a problem because of sin, guess what? He can forgive the sin and heal the situation. He's God. And I believe our Father's in charge. I can develop every one of these thoughts, but I'm just going to go through some of them. You pick it up and run with it. Do your own studies on some of it, okay? Our Father's in charge. and Death has no terror to the child of God. Look over in Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. This I got from the voice. I, I don't use that very often. It just came so clear through this. Look at this. For my life is about the anointed and him alone. And my death when it comes will mean, will mean great gain for me. Now yeah, Paul said, for me to die is Christ. And to, I mean, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Ah, yeah. oh, thank you, Lord. Now, 1 Corinthians 15. I'm going to read several verses from this. The truth is, Christ is risen from the dead as the first fruit of, that's verse 20, of our great resurrection harvest of those who have died. 
For since death came through a man, Adam, it is fitting that the resurrection of the dead also has also come through a man, Christ. Even as all who are in Adam die, so also all who are in Christ will be made alive. Then all the way down to verse 51. Listen. And you'll hear the story of Paul Ruger. No, no. Listen, and I will tell you a divine mystery. Not all of us will die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in an instant, in the twinkling of his eye. For when the last trumpet is sounded, the dead will come back to life. Wait a minute. Uh, Jesus said you can go and heal the sick and raise the dead. Well, what if some of them are not raised? Well, they're going to be. They'll come back to life. We will be indestructible and we will be transformed for we will discard our mortal clothes and slip into a body that is imperishable. What is mortal now will be exchanged for immortality. And when that which is mortal puts on immortality and what now decays is exchanged for what will never decay, then the scripture will be fulfilled that says, death is swallowed up in triumphant victory. Hallelujah. So death, tell me where is your victory? Tell me death, where is your sting? It is sin that gives death its sting and the law that gives sin its power. But we thank God for giving us the victories our conquerors, as conquerors through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. So now, beloved ones, who's he talking to? Believers. Beloved ones, stand firm and secure. Live your lives with an unshakable confidence. I still believe unshakable confidence we know that we prosper or we pardon me we know that we prosper and will excel in every season by serving the lord because we are assured that our union with the lord makes our labor productive with fruit that endures there's something ridiculous about uh, the king james version on that it says Whatever you do, do it unto the Lord, you know, and so on and so forth. And it says, we know that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. It will produce fruit that endures. God's promises are also true. We could go through all 7,000 of them or so. Got time? Got a minute? Only a minute and eternity's in it doesn't take long to say a word or two, but if you try to go through all the promises, you might take a while. Dig in there, dig them out. Say which one applies to you. Now, as promises are true, sometimes we say, well, that was to that generation, that was for Noah, that was for Abraham. Uh, all the promises of Abraham have been transferred to us except he didn't say we're going to all have children when we're 100 years old. I'm, I'm 80, almost 81, so I don't think I'm going to have any more children. I mean, probably not. But the fact is, the promises of God stand firm. 
the word of God stands true, we can trust God. We can believe his word. The mountain, this is one of Mary's favorite scriptures, uh, Mark 11, 20 through 25. The mountain will be lifted up and cast into the sea. In the morning, the pastor by the fig tree that Jesus spoke to was completely withered from the roots up. Peter remembered and said to him, teacher, look, that's the fig tree you cursed. It's now all shriveled up and dead. Jesus replied, let the faith of God be in you. Let, listen to the truth I speak to you. If someone says to this mountain with great faith and having no doubt, mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the midst of the sea and believes that what he says will happen, it will be done. This is the reason I urge you to boldly believe for whatever you ask for in prayer. Believe that you have received it and it will be yours. How can we believe we've received it when we don't have it yet? That's what faith is. Faith says it's here even though I don't see it. It's like, say, the man that had a, a real problem uh, believing that there was a God and he was around this, uh, this guy out in the desert that had a tent, you know, and, and uh, the, the man says, I can't believe in God. And the, the old uh, nomad says, well, just wait. And so the next morning, he, says, he, he said, first of all, he said, how can you believe that there's a God? This way, we'll talk about it. The next morning, the guest got up and walked outside and said, camels have been around the tent. He said, how do you know? I see the tracks. He said, look around. That's how you can see that God is real. He's, got left, he's left tracks everywhere. Look at the sky. Look at the stars. Look at all the creation in the earth. God is God. And so, believe that you've received it with yours, and whenever you stand praying, if you find that you carry something in your heart against another person, release him and forgive him. I guess you could say forgive her too. I mean, uh, probably so. So that your Father in heaven will also release you and forgive you of your faults. None of us is free of faults. Maybe Kathy, I'm not sure, but, uh, you know, <laughs> nobody else. I mean. She's so close to it. She's a fantastic lady. But nothing is impossible with God. Jesus said to them, if you can believe all things are possible, said to the man that had the man, the son that was tormented by demons, he said, if you can believe all things are possible to those that believe. And the man said, Lord, I, I believe. Fill in the blanks for me. Help me to... Help me to have an increase in that faith. Help my unbelief. Jesus didn't deliver the young man because the man needed faith and now demonstrated it. He delivered the young man because there was a tumult raised, the Bible says. And he said, there's so much disturbance going on, get free. See, it doesn't take our faith necessarily to do a particular thing, but it takes our faith to believe that God is the one who did it when it happens. Right. Too many times we give credit to 
this one or that one, the doctor or the medicine or the good healthy habits and going to the gym and all that. When God's the one that does the work of healing. I don't care what else we do, the Lord is the one that does the impossible. And then though I may not understand, I know he holds my hand. There's an old song that I used to sing. I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I don't borrow from its sunshine, for its skies may turn to gray. I don't worry over the future, for I know what Jesus said. And today I'll walk beside him, for he knows what is ahead. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand. But I know who holds tomorrow. And I know he holds my hand. I also believe still that I, me, I can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Jesus said to his disciples to do that. And then he told everyone who would listen to what he said to them, you go and you lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. You can set demons, cast demons out of people. If you pick up something that's deadly, it doesn't harm you. If you, well, let me read that in a minute. Demons are also subject to the believer because it says in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, and he said to them, as you go into all the world, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. Whoever believes the good news and is baptized will be saved. And whoever does not believe the good news will be condemned. He said uh, uh, in another place, is uh, condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the Lord the only begotten Son of God. And it says, These miracle signs will accompany those who believe. They will drive out demons in the power of my name. They will speak in tongues. They will be supernaturally protected from snakes and from drinking anything poisonous. My brother went through that experience in India. Uh, the cook tried to poison, put five times as much poison it would take to kill a man in his food. He was sick overnight, but I'll tell you what, he got up the next day and went out and preached to the thousands because God raised him back up and they will lay hands on the sick and heal them what does it mean they will recover they're going to be healed what does it mean when God says you can do that if you're a believer it means you can do that if you're a believer I still believe that every believer should be a healer I believe every believer should be a demon caster outer. I believe that every believer should be able to say, Lord, this person needs to rise up from the dead. Would you put them back to work? Somebody said, well, why did it happen to Mary? I don't know. I didn't say I knew everything. But I do know that God's word is true. I also believe that the angel of the Lord is near those who trust in him. On May 9th of this year, the miracles that happened bringing us to that point were numerous. On the Wednesday before 
about the 1st or 2nd of May, my granddaughter Denise called. Now, her mother had uh, died in 1999. That's 20 years ago, right? This summer, it'll be 20 years. But Denise called and she said, Papa, if it's all right, could I come over next week? I'd like to see you and Grandma. Oh, I'd love to have you. I said, come on. So she had arranged her flight and was going to get there on Thursday evening. The next day, my daughter in Virginia Beach called and said, Dad, uh, Faith and I are going to drive down next week. We'll probably get there on Wednesday afternoon. I said, come on, we'd love to have you. Sunday, same week, my younger daughter called from Denver and said, Dad, I got a good price on the flight. Can I come over tomorrow? I said, I think that'd be great. So Cynthia arrived on Monday. Elizabeth and Faith arrived on Wednesday. And Denise arrived on Thursday evening, Thursday afternoon. And all of them together, plus Brianna and I don't know, maybe someone else, but spent two hours in the room with Mary Thursday night. Two hours. And she was back and forth with them, and she said, all right, let's get on, get this train on the track or on the road. In other words, let's, let's talk about everything we want to. So they did. So after they finally left the room about 11, 11.30, I read scripture as usual. We prayed, read scripture. She said, read that part again, okay? Now, let, let me clue you in. For about four days, she'd been hearing these sounds. She said, is, are you rubbing the sheets together? And I says, no. She said, well, sounds like somebody's shuffling something. And she saw an image of, the, she thought the umbrella was being unfolded. And I said, you can't see a reflection of the umbrella when she was sitting in her chair. Well, that night I read this scripture and it began to dawn on me. God was sending his warriors The only angels that have wings, according to the scripture, are cherubim and seraphim. Seraphim have six wings. Cherubim apparently have two. Cherubim are the warrior angels. You think cherubim, oh, it shoots a little arrow through the heart, makes everybody love each other. No, they fight for you. And she was hearing rustling, three, four days, rustling. Couldn't, couldn't describe it. And she just said, it's there. I says, I don't hear it. Well, listen to what this scripture says. She says, read this one more time. God, Psalm 46. God, you're such a safe and powerful place to find refuge. You are proven help in time of trouble. More than enough and always available when I, whenever I need you. So we will never fear even if every structure of support were to crumble away. 
We will not fear even when the earth quakes and shakes, moving mountains and casting them into the sea. For the raging roar of stormy winds and crashing waves cannot erode our faith in you. Pause in his presence. In King James it says, Selah. Pause and think calmly this. Pause in his presence. God is a constantly flowing river whose sparkling streams bring joy and delight to his people. His river flows right through the city of God most high into his holy dwelling places. God is in the midst of his city, secure and never shaken. Note this verse. At daybreak, his help will be seen with the appearing of the dawn. When the nations are in uproar with their tottering kingdoms, God simply raises his voice and the earth begins to disintegrate before him. Here he comes, the commander, the mighty Lord of angel armies is on our side. The God of Jacob fights for us. Pause in his presence. Everyone look and come to see the breathtaking wonders of our God, for he brings forth ruin and revival. He's the one who makes conflicts end throughout the earth, breaking and burning every weapon of war. Surrender your anxiety. This one God kept telling me, say it again. Surrender your anxiety. Be silent and stop your striving, and you will see that I am God. I'm the God above all the nations, and I will be exalted through the whole earth. Now look at the change. Here he stands. The commander. The mighty Lord of angel armies is on our side. The God of Jacob fights for us. First it was, here he comes. The commander. The mighty Lord of angel armies is on our side. Now it says, here he stands. I said, Mary, you see what God is telling us? He's here. The commander, the Lord, here. He's right here in this room. We'd been praying for her full restoration, even that night. She says, read that part about the angels again. So I read those both, those verses again, and then I remembered later on that day, on the 10th, at daybreak, his help will be seen with the day, with the appearing of the dawn. That's when he appeared most clearly and when Mary went away. Most definitely. At daybreak, at the appearing of the dawn. Now, somebody said, why are you going through all this? Because you need it. Because God told me you did. And you need it because there's an answer to every situation you face. Every dilemma, every complication, every sorrow, every sadness, every pain, there's a, a remedy. 
Jesus is that remedy. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. When God is on our side, everything is going to work out right. I didn't say the way we thought it would, but the way God sees it best. Romans 8, 31, 32. If God is determined to stand with us, tell me who could ever stand? Who then could ever stand against us? For God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. And since God freely offered him up as a sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else he has to give. Ooh, I can go home on that one, amen. I can trust God with that word in my mind, my heart. He, he, he will certainly not withhold anything from us that he has to give because he's given us his best, as Pastor Nolan has said so frequently. He's given us the best of heaven. Why wouldn't he give us the rest? And the, then the next thing is Jesus is always with us by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Matthew 28, verses 19, 20. Now go in my authority and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to faithfully follow all, the, follow all that I have commanded you, and never forget that I am with you every day, even to the completion of this age. He's with us by his Spirit. He said, I'll go away, and it's for your good. If I go not away, the Comforter will not come, but if I go, he'll, the Father will send him unto you. Then he told him later on, he says, when he was about to ascend on high, he said, you tear into the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And says on the day of Pentecost when it had fully come, there was a sound from heaven on high. God, Father, fulfilling his word. There was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and filled all the house wherein they were sitting. And there appeared to them cloven tongues like as a fire set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Or the Holy Spirit if you prefer. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. God keeps his word. He's with us. Then the last thing I want to mention is Jesus is coming again soon. Soon. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. That's the way I'm quoting it from King James. New King James, actually. In my Father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you, and if, if, I were, if it were not so, I would have told you. Or if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And this is especially significant in the Jewish, Jewish culture. Jesus said, I am displacing every one of your other thoughts about how to get to heaven, how to get to God. I am the way. That's a broad statement for him. I am the truth. I am the life. And if you want to come to the Father, you need to believe on me.
2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. This means that contrary to man's perspective, the Lord is not late with his promise to return. As some measure lateness, but rather his delay simply reveals the loving, his loving patience toward you because he does not want any to perish, but all, come to, all to come to repentance. If there's a day left in your life, it's for you to reach somebody for Jesus. If there's a year left in your life, it's to reach 10 people or more to Jesus. I mean, in other words, God doesn't leave you on earth for no reason. If the Lord's coming, he's waiting for you to get the rest of the harvest in. Jesus said the fields are white. Now, that was 2,000 years ago. He said the fields are white already to harvest. He said, pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest field. They're ready to be harvested. How many of us go out in the fields and labor? Well, I want us to hear a song. Are we going to hear it on CD? It's one that we sing around here sometimes. And God put it in my heart to conclude with this. And I'll just let it speak for itself. And then after it goes through a little bit of it, then I want you to do something. There's always something for us to do after a message. Sometimes we walk out without doing it. Sometimes we don't pay attention because we think it's, oh, that's for them. Or oh, we're good at shoveling. We hear it and we shoved it back to the next person. But I want God to put in every one of your hearts to do this. In just a moment, I'll tell you what. Go ahead, Pastor Nolan. Is reaching out to make me whole. Reach 
for miracles today, for deliverance today, for people to be set free from old habits and old ways and old thinking, for God to give you total freedom in the days ahead so that you can see that the power of the Holy Spirit is working in your life and you can see his hand upon you to go forth and harvest the harvest. Pray for one another now in Jesus' name. from something that you've been dealing with? Yes. How many believe that God gave you a encouragement to believe for provision? Yes. So many things that we can believe for. Remember, nothing is impossible with God. Amen. Say it like the song says it. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. Say it with me. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. Now let's praise him together. Praise him together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Truly nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. God continued to anoint and appoint. Continue to lead every individual here to others who need you and to need to understand that they also can have faith in you. And may none of us lose the encouragement and excitement of this moment. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all.
loved it. You're on the microphone. I believe in you. I believe.